Hi, I am Adarsh. I am co-founder of Sunsource Energy. Hi, I am Kushagra. I am co-founder for Sunsource Energy. You might think that transitioning to an electric vehicle is a great way to fight climate change. But the truth is that most of the grid electricity that you use to charge your EV comes by burning fossil fuels and coal. As of now, the best way to fight climate change remains switching power generation to more renewable ways like solar energy. Leading the charge in the space of solar energy generation is the startup SunSource Energy and your host Akshay Dutt talks with its founders Kushagra Nandan and Adarsh Das in this episode. Kushagra and Adarsh had both been working with global energy companies when they decided to take the plunge into entrepreneurship more than a decade ago. In this conversation, they talk about their journey of building SunSource through a sustainable path of generating revenues and about the vision they are chasing to fight climate change at scale. Listen on and subscribe to the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio app to learn how to scale your startup sustainably. And after almost a year of working together, we ended up meeting at this conference that Pushar mentioned in Philadelphia. And you're like, okay, what uh, you know, what are we doing next? And so India was also at an exciting point at that particular time. You know, uh, there was a lot of um, discussion in India about what the next steps are, what should be the solar direction of the of the country, and the National Solar Mission was brewing, so to speak. So uh, the National Solar Mission was kind of around the corner; it was to be launched. Um, and so all things said and done, we both started chatting about it, and the ideas kept uh, taking shape uh, over phone calls and discussions and some analysis that we used to do uh, together on the phone. And we had stayed in touch over the years, uh, you know, uh, once in a year or once in two years, the Diwali calls and stuff like that. We used to stay in touch, but uh, but uh, it really started developing in two thousand nine or so, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, towards two thousand nine actually, I would say. Uh, what so you know, it's a fairly big decision for you to leave a well-paying job in the U.S. where you're earning in dollars, go to India, start something. There is no uh, VC ecosystem in India at that time because you're talking about 2010. Maybe just like you could count on your face how many investments would put by VCs till then. So you know, what was the plan of attack? Did you think that okay, there is an opportunity here, and I'm confident we can build a business? Uh, so, uh, there, there were a few things which were clear to us. Okay. We knew that there was an opportunity in, uh, like a strong economic opportunity in the, uh, commercial and industrial space. And that is something that we really liked because, um, uh, uh, at the time there was a lot of stock of subsidy in India. Just to clarify this is, so you're saying selling renewable energy to commercial units was the opportunity you saw or setting up industry. projects for, uh, like, like selling energy or setting up projects, what did you see as the... So, so you were absolutely right. Those are two different businesses. Selling energy and selling projects are two different businesses. Uh, in the beginning, our idea was that uh, that we'll start doing projects, selling projects, because we knew that in India, the financing ecosystem was not there. The project financing ecosystem was not there. And uh, initially, uh, if we rewind back to 2010, it was a time when the government was positioning itself as the largest buyer of electricity, the first... And uh, National Solar Mission Batch 1 Phase 1 basically said we'll buy 
वन मेगावाट और फाइव मेगावाट अप टू फाइव मेगावाट पावर फ्रॉम पीपल यू वॉन्ट टू सेल इलेक्ट्रिसिटी राइट एंड डेड एन आर एफ पी वेर एन टी पी सीज एन वी वी एन आर्म वॉज रिस्पॉन्सिबल फॉर बाइंग दैट पावर सो दिस इज अ लॉन्ग टाइम बैक राइट सो इट वॉज अ गवर्नमेंट ड्रिवन अप्रोच एंड वी एक्चुअली एडवाइज सम कंपनीज एट द टाइम ऑन ऑन हाउ टू पार्टिसिपेट इन दैट टेंडर बट uh we were small at the time and so uh, we were very very clear that long term we wanted to become a project developer and sell electricity but at this at the time uh, we found it made most sense to start selling projects and to build up that uh, that uh, track record in the marketplace where people start to recognize you for your work push you want to uh, nothing on that what one question i want to just add here quickly could you explain that Value chain of the solar space. I don't know if you like from sunlight to selling energy. What happens in between? What and who are the different players? Like what is a solar cell? What is a solar panel? You know how does that get converted into uh, megawatts? Sure, sure, sure. So this, this, if you look at a solar panel, right, you will find these uh, blue boxes or blue squares, right? Then typically either sixty or seventy-two squares are there. those uh, squares in a solar panels are called uh, solar cells uh, that is a uh, basic uh, starting block to in order to uh, if we don't go beyond the supply chain eventually it starts from 99.99% purified silicon which is the majority of the technology which comes in uh, silicon basically gets converted into ingots ingots gets converted into vapors uh, and cells but and what we see is uh, in the solar panel is a cell and then you do in series and parallel combination like a diwali lighting uh you get a solar panel which is either 60 cells or a 72 cells the best is typically 72 cells uh because the sizes are getting larger and larger and you get solar panels so uh, solar panel manufacturing and solar cell manufacturing till now has been mostly it was earlier us and europe then came the flood uh, from chinese companies and then eventually currently majority of that market is dominated by uh, chinese companies at this moment but we see now with lot of make in india push a uh, lot of indian companies have also started to come up and uh, some of them are actually doing quite well which makes solar panels here but was it real had set up a plant in greater noida i remember and i know yes, it's yes, yes. in greater noida what would ah, they okay manufacturing don't So they were actually, in fact, manufacturing solar panels, and they were also manufacturing solar panels based on another technology called thin film technology. But uh, because of the timing, it was around the same time that Chinese companies started to scale up, and they scaled up so fast uh, that uh, the other com- com- countries manufacturing, including India, Europe, US, they actually couldn't compete globally. so not only they scaled up hugely but they also provided a lot of tier one chinese provided very very quality product as well uh if you forget about the tier two tier threes uh three companies so in that se- sector currently if you look at globally uh the large companies like canadian solar trina sun power uh uh, uh couple of other rdc solar a uh, couple of others are there in india but now we see uh, adani getting in uh, goldi vikram bali there are couple of other companies as well which are scaling up in solar manufacturing space and what we see is government support on the production link incentive we see that more and more manufacturing coming in in fact 
since last year, we see a lot of international companies are also putting plants in India to scale up manufacturing so they can not only sell it in India but also export out of India. So and once you have solar factories, yeah. sends it panels both or like are sales imported and uh, in, in India, majority of the manufacturing is solar panels. So basically assembly, right? And uh, there is some capacity on solar cells. But with the government's push on PLI or production link incentive uh, scheme, so the cell manufacturing is starting to kick in in India. So uh, and uh, so what we see is that there's gonna another new frontier which is gonna scale up in the in the country. Uh, but uh, thing to keep in mind is solar panel produces power in DC electricity. So we use in our house or our offices AC electricity, right? So you have to come uh, and uh, and uh, you have to do a combination of couple of solar panels in series and panel combination and bring it to an uh, inverter or uh, it's also called a solar inverter which converts from DC electricity to AC electricity and then you can skin it up at, uh, at 33 kV, 66 kV or what, whatever voltage you want uh, using transformers and connect to the substation so the beauty about solar is it can be as small as possible you can just install few panels on top of a rooftop at a residential rooftop or and you can do a large farms where you can power the entire city, right? And then you can do a lot of permutation combination. You can do a hybrid with storage. You can do a hybrid with pump storage, right? So you, it is very, very adoptable uh, technology uh, in that sense. So uh, tell me about the, like, you know, your go-to market, your first project that you got, how big was the project? How did you get it? Uh, you know, like, what he gets away to use Hindi. <laughs> I think Boni to Veriga Chamara Adish Kitla. Sat Lak Rupika project or seven or eight lakh rupees. That was a so we knew this company uh, through common acquaintance and they were in the process of building a one megawatt solar plant. But uh, they wanted to invest, but they wanted somebody to design it. Right. And, uh, or I think overseas are designed. Whatever it is, let's get started somewhere. So that's, I think, the Boli started, right? On the, the, yeah, that was on like that. a consulting, uh, consulting assignment, basically. That was like a consulting assignment. And then we picked up some small projects, two kilowatt, three kilowatt. I think were were total projects there. But I think the bigger one, Adish, was uh, the 100 kilowatt project, which we picked up. In town called Bairaich, which is almost like 200 kilometers from uh, from Lucknow, or uh, I don't know how many listeners have heard about the town. Uh, so Bairaich is in the Gandhi's Plain, a very agriculturally fertile land. And uh, interestingly, uh, the uh, so we did a 100 kilowatt uh, solar project with 300 kilowatt hour storage over there. And that was very challenging and but very uh, gratifying in the sense the problem was real and the problem was the uh, uh, it's a town where it's, it's a basic the, the location of the project was interesting it was a mix of a resort at one end and the other side was a residential school boarding CBSE school but out of 24 hours they were hardly getting 5-6 hours of electricity uh, from the discom and balance they were running on diesel gensets and the diesel gensets were old and the cost of electricity even in 2011 was around uh, 24-25 rupees a kilowatt hour and but the uh, but the owner of that location very forward thinking gentleman 
we still have very good relationship with him and uh, it's a very very forward uh, looking gentleman he said yeah, there has to be better way to do it and sitting over that in remote town so he had in fact reached out to few other players uh, they in fact ended up installing a 10 kilowatt project which did not perform well but he realized there has to somebody should have been doing it better because he realized that the technology works but the implementation and the thought process around is not right so somehow we got connected with him he understood our background first drilled us down right and <laughs> and then uh, we told and he told him how do you solve my problem so we told we started the whole it, it took a while uh, it took a while it took more than yeah. a year to, to convince him <laughs> yeah okay to convince him but uh, yeah. it took us a cube shift from our side to theirs and the wiring was like old style wiring right uh, you can imagine and it, we told him exactly this is what the pain point is this is how we can solve it this is how much you, it's going to cost to you but this is going to be your return and this is how it is going to happen right and he understood and uh, once he understood he wrote us a check he, we implemented the project i think his payback payback was at that time because you uh, in including with batteries less than two and a half three years and uh, and interesting part is that uh, 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 we were also doing the annual maintenance contract for the project and during i think second year adarsh we realized that some of the batteries were not performing well and we did so much we did a lot of sensors and uh, analysis around uh, of what was happening what was not happening because we also wanted to ensure this becomes a test project for us so when we sent uh, an email out uh, to the battery provider that these many batteries are not performing well so they rejected our claim they said no no this is at the end then we provided them with the data and they came and their senior team actually when then they came out and then you know zero they came and then they presented them the data he said till now in our history of last so many decades nobody has provided us this kind of a data and that was like a pat on the back okay i think we thought okay now we know that what we are doing is right and then not only replaced it but the storage company actually got guys also became very good friends with us okay and they took a lot of help from us and we uh, and uh, and the project is still still running and then they provided multiple references to us and uh, uh, so that was i think that was the number one project uh, on the lb uh, on the project selling side and then There was project with Vasant Valley School. But one thing quite here, uh, you know, this was around the time. Uh, so the first few projects were smaller, like which I was at twenty, thirty kilowatts, fifty kilowatts. But once this first project started happening, then suddenly we got a, a flurry of orders from Rajasthan, from other uh, several projects in Rajasthan. Uh, this one in UP, then uh, a project in MP. So suddenly uh, things started coming in in a in a row, and uh, basically uh, uh, this is. a uh, kind of a shout out or a, you know a word of caution to a lot of entrepreneurs that there will be a struggle period where you are working a lot you are getting a lot of traction in the market and uh, you are not getting purchase uh, you are not getting projects at least you are meet, not meeting with success the success comes but somehow it comes at a later time what happens is this like you said bori right serial number 1 is very very important and it's not easy to get when you are an entrepreneur so uh, Uh, depends on the mindset that you are going in with, but you should have a thought process about getting your first project. And also, uh, the first large project is kind of a 
like you know it's getting a break into into a marketplace right uh, getting that first large project is it actually doesn't come easy you have to put in a lot of efforts and something sometimes it feels like you're pushing against a rock and nothing is happening right so uh, so uh, but the thing is that it, you know it's like threshold energy the concept of threshold energy that we hear that we learn about in science where you have to get to a certain level of effort and you know then things move and uh, there are entrepreneurs that i've heard about a fewer smaller set of entrepreneurs who have uh, uh, started with a client or started with a project that is a very very good position to be in but for most people getting that first big break is actually not easy that that was all like that was the limited point i was making post that uh, you told me that you started getting a, a lot many more projects so so you know how did uh, like uh, revenue wise how, how was it progressing like what kind of revenue were you doing? you were doing like give me some numbers like projects were how many kilowatt hours did you execute like just to understand the journey over the years no i think the first uh, few years were uh, very small i think the first year we did almost like uh, no not including consulting work almost i think around 24 25 lakhs in year 1 okay year 2 i think it and, went and up. you were both uh, married and like by this time Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so then we got married in when we were in US. Both the wives were working there, and uh, so the the idea when we circulated with our wives. So the, the I think the good thing was, or good thing is, we are still married, right? Yes. They 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 bought into our idea. <laughs> okay, and then they decided to move along. So I think that was a uh, that was a very big. So, uh, so yeah. So we had a little bit of money saved. I didn't took any external capital, and uh, whereas in because uh, coming from middle class background, so we paid our student debts. Thought about in the initial years of your work, the salaries are also less. So we saved a little bit, and we brought that money. We thought it was a lot of money when we thought, but <laughs> the money it runs out very fast, right? So, and we started a small team. and uh, so uh, i remember so first year it was less then i think in year 2 or year 3 went up to like a crore and then it started moving very quickly then we went to i think 15 16 crores and 25 crores so uh, and then by when were you 25 crores i think in year 4 or 2 year 5 ियल uh and it took it would require a lot of policy push so we did a lot of work on that front worked with world bank uh, with uh, banking institutions with erida with few other institutions that to help them understand what the challenge is and if they do it the sector will open up tremendously as it will open up the whole ecosystem right and uh, so uh, and by the time the project start financing became possible in the country was around 2016 2017 more like 2017 and 2018 so till then our strategy was to do projects and uh, uh, on a capex basis but we also was started doing experiment on experimental basis on our own balance sheet smaller projects like 100 200 kilowatts we 
installed her own balance sheet, selling power to consumer and then flipping those to another investor. And then we developed a portfolio of 5-10 megawatts, sold it to one private like a build, operate, transfer. Yes, 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 exactly that model. Mm -hmm. And then we started increasing that size. Then the break came in uh, uh, from an overseas client. Uh, we helped them set a project uh, in that country. And then, but our eye was always that we realized that sooner or later, the, once the project financing open up, uh, the uh, the growth will come from selling solar as a service, right? The solar uh, on energy, when we flip the model from rupees uh, per kilowatt to rupees per kilowatt hour. Uh, so what is the what, difference? Uh, rupees the per difference kilowatt? is uh, rupees per kilowatt when you go and buy a whole project and install on your own capital. So you're paying in per megawatt basis or rupee on a kilowatt basis, right? Uh, but when so you say uh, it's a hundred yeah. kilowatt project, that means yeah. it generates hundred kilowatts every hour. Uh, so hundred kilowatt project will generate uh, somewhere around one point five lakh units a year, uh, plus minus depending on which part of the country you are in. And so it's a you can, you can think, think about it. So you can think about hundred kilowatt as the nameplate capacity. Okay. Uh, it's like uh, it's like a motor or a thermal power plant. Uh, if it's a thermal power plant, if it says 500 megawatts, it's not always going to generate 500 megawatts, right? So uh, for us, it's a hundred. It has the uh, potential to generate 100 uh, 100 kilowatt. Uh, for example, if it's 100 kilowatt or you know 10 megawatts, it can it has a potential to generate 10 megawatt under certain conditions. Uh, but this is obviously 10 megawatt in one hour in one minute. It will like what is no no. I, I'll, I'll I'll clarify. Uh, but but uh, the actual production from it will vary depending on the amount of sunlight. So if the sunlight is full and the weather conditions are right, then it may end up generating 10 megawatts. But most of the time in the early morning or, uh, you know, uh, late in the evening, cloudy, when the sunlight is low, it will generate less. So right. you, so what it generates is ultimately energy and the unit of energy is kilowatt hours, right? So uh, just as a rule of thumb, you can think about uh, uh, if you take a one kilowatt plant, for example, one kilowatt plant on a typical day during summer, will generate something like 5 kilowatt hours and in the winters will generate 3.5 kilowatt hours, okay, during the whole day, right? Uh, as opposed to uh, something like, uh, uh, you know, if it was working around the clock and the sun was shining 24 hours, it would generate 24 kilowatt hours. But instead of 24, it's generating 5 or 6 on a good day uh, uh, on an average, right, in the summers. So that's kind of how you can think about it. Uh, uh, an annual average uh, for a particular day, uh, daily average would be something like uh, something like uh, four kilowatt hours, uh, if you want to take a like a generalized average for India, right? One kilowatt will generate four kilowatt hours a day. That's kind of one way to think about it. But the product is these kilowatt hours. These are the same kilowatt hours, by the way, that you use at home. What appears in an electricity meter on a uh, monthly basis. So it's the same kilowatt hours, the same what we call, we call units in India. Hmm. Okay. So the moment you move to per kilowatt rupees per kilowatt hour, it means you are now not selling service of building up a project but you are selling the output of the project that is correct, correct, correct. Yes. that is the original question you asked right did you sell projects or did you sell energy so when you're talking about rupees per watt that's the capital cost that's the cost of the project when you talk about rupees per kilowatt hour that's the product that's the that's the electricity that we sell same thing so it's a very fungible thing yeah, is it more profitable to sell energy than to sell the setting up of the that service of setting sure. up the I, I would rather say actually that, uh, if, for example, if you look at any market, let's say our automobile market, right? Uh, if you take out financing from that market, right? So market may shrink by maybe 80% or maybe even higher by 90%, right? 
बट इफ यू इंट्रोड्यूस फाइनेंसिंग टू ऑटोमोबाइल मार्केट और इवन सेलफोन मार्केट राइट द नंबर्स जंप अप सेम इज इन द केस ऑफ दीज आर एट द एंड ऑफ द डे एसेट हैवी कैपिटल लॉट ऑफ कैपिटल व्हिच इज रिक्वायर्ड इफ यू इन्वेस्ट और इंट्रोड्यूस फाइनेंसिंग इन दीस प्रोजेक्ट्स लॉट ऑफ इट बिकम्स अफोर्डेबल राइट एंड पीपल विल स्टार्ट बाइंग राइट एंड देन द इवेंट इट द क्वेश्चन बिकम्स हु ओन्स दोस एसेट्स राइट either we own it the customer owns it right and what we also realized that for customer it is their one project which they are managing or maybe two projects they are managing and they don't understand the technology and going back back to our customer number customer number one he did a project but he was not satisfied but then he approached and found us and all that uh, and the we and we still work with him so uh, which the gap which we saw in the market was first of all uh end consumers are generally not the best owners of these assets reason being they are not uh, they are not able to first of all qualify uh, the installers properly and secondly they don't know what technology they are getting but some of them if they have the uh, they have the understanding they have the team to help them understand it's a very good investment for them but i'm talking about majority plus the other is a lot of people they say this is not a core business uh i would rather spend my money because at the end of the day everyone has a limited pool of capital right uh, so i would rather spend that money in something i can uh, invest in uh, or which will help my business my core business so so therefore uh, then the market opens opens up for companies like us where we can not only own the asset understand the problem of the uh, customer provide a solution and be the long term owners of these assets and sell power on a long term basis and also do the end annual maintenance preventive maintenance right do the billing and collections right so that we take away that hassle away uh, from uh, the consumers uh, on uh, doing it but we are very focused on a certain segment which is commercial and industrial segment uh, so that uh, we sell or do these projects on scale so yeah. essentially when you sell energy it is more scalable because uh, when you selling projects then you have to really wait for customers who have enough money to invest but here everybody buys energy so the customers are already there you just have to figure out what is the way to get all the pieces together and you have the specialization and you build in the specialization and expertise of uh, setting up the project of running it maintenance Maybe you put in technology and IoT so that you are able yes. to get output from. No, no, you you are right. You are right. So we have a full fledged network operating center at at our premises. We monitor each and every of our asset very carefully, right? We have a team of data analysts. Uh, do a lot of AI based algorithm, right? Sure. And try to understand how is this project performing with with than the other one. What are the under performance issues? What are the other key issues which can help us drive more juice out of the system? the other thing is uh, with the uh, policies uh, uh, opening up in multiple states because at the end of the day energy is a concurrent subject for central as well as state government define it so there's a concept called open access where we can co-locate multiple companies within the same state although now uh, option has started to come up for interstate as well but uh, ideally you can stay uh, co-locate multiple companies in a single a uh, 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 single farm where you can store large solar farm and uh, let's say if you do a 50 megawatt solar farm um, and you have 10 customers 5 megawatt each right and you can provide a common infra to them bring 
the power or energy generated from the farm, do a transmission line to a local substation and then do a respective metering at each of those clients and use a grid infrastructure. So, and sell power to them, which is still up to 50% cheaper than what they're currently buying from the grid. So, that actually also helps co-locate a much larger farm, uh, manage it, and we probably are much more uh, efficient if they do it themselves because they're doing it for only for themselves, right? Uh, so, we bring those scale, uh, uh, scalability into the whole ecosystem. So, that actually helps us to help us client to basically bring down that energy cost and take that tensile away. And uh, in addition to we keep on doing a rooftop projects, uh, which are done on premises. Okay, yeah. so rooftop is captive basically for mostly like, on, yes. for on site. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Uh, the solar farm is where you are uh, putting that energy into the grid, and uh, the customer is also connected to the grid, and you are able to. Uh... Yeah, it's called wheeling. It's called you wheel electricity from our site to the customer's mm -hmm. site. And you pay for the pay for the the cost of uh, uh, the cost and the losses involved in pushing power from point A to point B. Okay, because the grid doesn't transmit hundred percent of what you upload to the grid. Correct. So part of it is lost, and you also have to pay for utilizing the the electricity grid. In fact, that is why it's called open access. Uh, basically, it's a provision in the constitution which allows. Uh, uh, the uh, the electricity grid, which is a which is a huge public good, if you will, right? So the public good to be available for uh, for people at a for uh, you know for utilization at a cost. So uh, providing access uh, on an open basis, but for a fee. So that's kind of what open access is. So we are utilizing that service and we are paying for it. Okay, okay. And if the company is consuming more than uh, what you are loading to the grid for that company, then when it goes to the uh, to the discount like, oh, or the utility company of that area. So, uh, uh, okay. So, I was saying that the response which is generated uh, from a solar farm gets distributed within the same area. It's not that the same electrons will kind of uh, uh, basically travel all the way to the client from uh, Right, right, right. Right. Because once it's an electron, then it doesn't have a color. It's not... Yes, it doesn't have one. Yes, 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 yes. And so there is a concept called uh, energy banking. So what happens is, let's say if the customer is uh, 200 kilometers away and we do a metering specifically and then what happens is that every state has this concept called state load dispatch center, SNBC, which basically monitors uh, what are the generating points across the state and what are the distributing points across the state. And then we do a specialized meeting at a client premises and on substation premises. On a real-time basis, uh, all the up upload of electrons which we are doing are getting monitored by the state authority and the, uh, the consumption at the client premises is also monitored. Now what happens is, let's say if you are generating 1000 units for that particular uh, client, so and the client requires let's say 1500 units. So the thousand units are going to get reflected through our get net off through our uh, uh, generation, but the five hundred balance he will automatically basically will uh, buy from the grid or from the local discom. Although he is buying hundred percent from the local discom, but for the thousand units which we have produced, uh, uh, the customer will also have to pay distribution as uh, basically a billing charges. Uh, for utilizing uh, banking, basically uh, banking reading charges for utilizing the state grid. 
plus the other concept is let's say if you're using again producing again thousand units but they're utilizing only let's say 700 a balance 300 will go into concept called banking so and depending on which state you are in some states allow to bank for three months for some six months some years so you can basically bank for x number of months your energy and utilize uh, uh, those many kilowatt hours at a later date. It's like uh, a virtual battery. So it's an interesting concept. When did you start getting into selling energy? Which year? So we actually, our first client, we had set up way back in 2013 with uh, Valley School in Delhi. So which was uh, on a rooftop project, which a uh, small project we did, did it on our own balance sheet. Then we flipped it and then we did a couple of others. But as a concept on open access on a, uh, on a field, we started uh, uh, once the policies opened up uh, in the last few years. But as from a rooftop project development, we have been doing it for the uh, last now multiple years. So yeah. when you flip a project, uh, you still do the maintenance and management and like you told me, you have a command center where you have dashboards and algorithms which help you drive efficiencies that continues to be with you so in, in, yes in, in most of the cases it does but then there are few uh, owners who says okay they if uh, they want to do it on their own so we are flexible on that aspect but what we see is most of them ask us only to continue because we not only we provide maintenance we also provide monthly uh, billing services right we do joint meter reading so there's a lot of work which goes in any uh, coordination with the local re re regulatory authorities uh, uh, any coordination with the OEMs required. So all those services, we provide that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, give me an idea of where you are today. Like what top line are you expecting to close this year at? What percentage of that is from selling energy? What, what are the sources of that? Like, you know, so we flipped our model. So now we're doing a majority of our work is in selling energy. Uh, in fact, uh, now we are charting up plan to scale up to a thousand megawatts of owned assets in another four years so a uh, thousand megawatts owned assets probably somewhere around four to five thousand crores of investments uh, which we are targeting uh, to do it in the country uh, so uh, so that so we we are now looking at it from perspective of number of megawatts and so our expectation is by uh, 26 27 we should have uh, around thousand megawatts of operating assets uh, 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 across the country Okay. Okay. Yeah. And this will be equity financed or debt financed? Mix. 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 Both. Uh, both. Uh, uh, equity and debt included. And what revenue will you be at by 26, 27? If you think. Around 500 so, crores, 600 crores, something like that. Oh, amazing. And today, what, what are you at? Like, what did you close last? Just to understand the growth potentials. It it is it is actually about the megawatts, right? What uh, it is a it is a cumulative process for us. It's not like uh, one particular year is that important. It just uh, cumulatively we keep building up megawatts and all, right? So just to give you a sense, uh, we're currently working on about so uh, thousand, uh, thousand megawatts is what Peshawar mentioned. We are currently at around uh, 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 three to four hundred. So we are around thirty forty percent of our, our, our way there in terms of developed projects and so forth, constructed projects and so forth. So that should give you a pretty good idea. But we are a private company. So, yeah. Got it. So, tell me about, uh, you must have developed a lot of IP to uh, run every aspect of the business, be it setting up 
a new project, be it maintenance, running, billing, and all of that. So, you know, you must have created in-house technologies and some of those IPs. So, tell me about that, like, the, the way in which you drive efficiencies for each of these pieces. So, the IP lies in, in the processes, the business processes, okay? Um, uh, there is a lot of, or a fair amount of IP and engineering involved. Uh, uh, because uh, because of a few reasons, the technology is always changing. Solar technology is not what it was, say, 10 years back or 12 years back. Uh, inverter technology is uh, mounting structures. Uh, every project, uh, especially when you do uh, these uh, rooftop type of projects, every project has to be customized. For every large-scale project investment that we do, uh, we have to do a lot of iterations of the, uh, the uh, electricity generation, which is expected. The various options and configurations of solar panels and inverters and modules, whether it's a distributed topology, whether it's a uh, it's a centralized topology, and all of uh, all of these options that we have to go through, and everything has a commercial implication, right? So there's a lot of uh, uh, deep thought process that we have built up over time around how to design and how to build these projects on a on a cost effective basis, and then once you have uh, uh, and part of the building is also the, the business processes around around how do you procure in the best possible way, how do you work with subcontractors in the best possible way, uh, really, really emphasizing the security uh, and the safety part of it uh, because because it's not just going to be our people excited, it's also going to be the contractors. So how do we make sure that all these uh, processes work smoothly and, uh, you know, and, and you have to help the... Uh, ecosystem also come up. We have helped the ecosystem come up over a long period of time by supporting uh, uh, supporting uh, uh, people that were, that have worked with us, with, with us. Companies have uh, um, uh, worked with us repeatedly over the, over the years, and uh, as well as clients. So we believe in that uh, that aspect of of uh, supporting the ecosystem and helping develop. Right uh, when we had come in, the ecosystem was entirely different. Now today, the system uh, is entirely developed. Uh, is entirely different. But in terms of the the uh, uh, the development of the IP, a lot of it has been around design, engineering, internally. Then a lot of it, as Kushaga mentioned earlier, has been about. Uh, so once the project is completely constructed, then it's in the asset management phase, where you are thinking about um, uh, about extracting the maximum performance, uh, squeezing out the last kilowatt hour that you can get out of every single asset. Right. So a lot of IP is around that. You know, what is it? That causes, uh, for example, availability loss. What is it? You know, how many times uh, do you have to do cleaning uh, of the modules? In India, we have a lot of dust, a lot of soiling of different types, and you also have the uh, situations where, uh, in the same area, one particular plant is uh, outperforming, one one particular plant is underperforming. So, really understanding why it's happening and working on a very sustained basis. It's, it's not like a one-time effort. Working on a very sustained basis to extract the maximum performance out of it and the the solutions and the IP that gets involved is different in each case. In some cases, it's a particular type of um, uh, cleaning approach. In some certain cases, it's brute force basically increase the number of cleaning per cycle, uh, number of cleaning cycles per month. Uh, in certain cases, it, it's more about um, uh, making certain interventions around the site, right? Then there's a lot of depth uh, now coming up across uh, doing a health test. So if you think about a solar asset, you have to think about the health of the asset and the performance of the asset, right? The health of the asset is, uh, let's talk first about performance. Performance is getting, squeezing out the last kilowatt hour. But the health of the asset is around uh, uh, how long it's going to last, how well it's going to be performed over a long period of time, and what will be the 
the operation maintenance cost of that asset over a longer period of time, right? So you need to, uh, you plant performing very, maybe very well, uh, maybe performing very well, but sometimes what will happen is that there are hotspots that start to develop in particular solar panels or arrays or inverters that, that are about to fail. So that sort of thing, we are getting into a predictive uh, maintenance type approach. So, so the, the mindset is, see, we, a solar panel, if you think about it, you know, and that's where both Kushar and I came from, solar panel or inverter is a highly engineered product, right? But in those highly pro engineered products, there is a lot of existing incumbents who are doing a lot of work on re releasing the next uh, uh, technology iteration. They're releasing the next uh, product iteration, right? And what we need to do there is keep very, very close tab on the market, right? And give people in any case, because we are a large buyer, they come and pitch to us and we have a very good idea of what's, what uh, they're doing for us. There, the IP lies in making choices, technology choices and and, uh, you know, what is the right approach for us? Uh, it's a courses for courses type of thing. You've picked the right technology for the right project. And a lot of it is, is around customization and energy storage is now becoming big. So looking at how energy storage can be integrated into, into the assets that we are looking at. What are the implications on lifetime cost or levelized cost of energy? LCOE as we refer to it, uh, from these different assets. So it's, it's a combination. So the, uh, I would divide, divide it into three phases upfront. Uh, project development where we are looking at uh, figuring out uh, the land, the connectivity and so forth uh, doing the financial uh, the thing um, uh, financial projections if you will along with uh, figuring into it project finance which is very different from normal finance uh, it is it is about long term uh, financing where the, uh, the lenders uh, whether it's banks or other entities they look at the, these assets in a very different way, different set of risks and so forth. So one set of uh, 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 IP is around project development, project finance. Another is about designing and building core, uh, which which informs everything, which informs the front end and the and later on during construction, operation and maintenance. So these mm -hmm. three groups of IP is what we look at. You said project finance for solar projects is different. Uh, why is uh, why and how is it different? Oh, because it's uh, most most of us when we understand finance or understand uh, loans and all, uh, we think about consumer loans, right? Consumer loans and banks lending to consumers, right? Um, and consumer loans are understood in either ways, right? There's a, a kind of a, a personal or equipment type loan, and then there are housing loans, which are typically the personal loans or, or equipment linked finances, like uh, year, two years, four years, five years, right? And then uh, housing loans are anywhere from five to twenty or thirty years now, right? So those are the two categories of loans most of us understand. Project finance is linked to infrastructure. It is uh, it is very very uh, long term oriented, uh, and the set of risks that they look at are very very different. So think about it, right? If you are lending to someone for a year or five years, it's a very different thought process, very different level of due diligence that you'll do than if you are lending for twenty years or twenty five years, right? And your your money is going to come over fifteen years, twenty years, whatever it is. So they so they look at a you know they. Uh, there's a lot of focus on the technology. There is typically a lender's engineer who comes in. Uh, they look at all the numbers that we have, uh, generation numbers and so forth. They, they, so there's, there's a lot more scrutiny in terms of uh, how it's going to be. And in a simplistic manner, uh, what uh, basically lenders are looking for is eventually they're ensuring the cash flows. What we are predicting is are they going to come in or not? For example, if you're saying if the system is going to generate, let's say, 20 lakh units on an annual basis. 
and this is the multiplier by the tariff. So first of all, they will ensure the validate the tariff. What they're saying is going to be there or not, right? Who is a counterparty? It is a counterparty strong or not? Secondly, if they say that it's going to generate, let's say, 20 like units on an annual basis, on what basis are they saying? Are they saying, are the equipment number one, are they installing it right? Is the design they're doing it is right or not? And they have, have tried to follow the best practices or not? Because uh, eventually, if, let's say, if you're financing a real estate project, right? So they know this is kind of a rental income which is going to come in and therefore, and uh, this is equity, this is debt which is I'm uh, providing. If not, I know what is uh, this uh, real estate property is going to sell for. But in this case, not only they're taking bet on the generation value which you're telling and also the equipments which you are providing for. So in case if the generation does not happen, right, uh, then the sell price will also come down, right? Uh, and and also if the offtake is, uh, is offtaker is not providing the, uh, the money on time, so that will also become a very big encumbrance. So that's where uh, the uh, the financing becomes a little bit uh, interesting in this case. Hmm. So uh, as an organization, uh, talk to me a bit about like what's your headcount, how many people do what, you know, like like a little bit more about how you are running the business. Uh, we are about uh, uh, upwards of 150 people. Uh, about I'm going to say something like 50 percent, or uh, somewhere between 50 and 60 percent of the people are based out of uh, Noida headquarters, uh, and the rest are uh, uh, working in different parts of India, either on construction sites or uh, on uh, in asset management clusters. Okay, so when you have a portfolio of products in a particular region. Uh, uh, when we have a portfolio of uh, projects in a particular region, we put a cluster manager and sometimes for larger sites, uh, including the ground mount sites, the large ground mount sites at Kushagra and Vinch, uh, we put uh, full-time engineers also, right? Uh, full-time engineers or site managers. So, uh, so uh, with a mix of uh, these types of people, we are uh, in that uh, 150 to 160 range. Uh, uh, full uh, next level complement of teams, as you can imagine, uh, sales and business development uh, and marketing is one. Um, uh, finance, uh, uh, project finances is another uh, set of capabilities that you need. Design engineering uh, is another set of capabilities. Quality EHS is another set of requirements. So we have uh, full project teams handling all these various aspects, uh, and of course, project management uh, is another whole set of uh, the thing where you are building projects. Then asset management where you are looking at built up projects and you are maintaining those uh, and and doing all the billing and settlement and those types of things. So these are all the various capabilities that we need and we are like um, you know, full stack, you could say full stack developer with all the capabilities. Again, oriented very much towards commercial industry. So many of these, as you can imagine, business development for a utility scale business that you were talking about would be very different than business development focused on CNI. Right? Different set of uh, approaches and skills and abilities. So, so all of this for us is very geared towards CNI. The, that's one of our, one of the things that, that's one of the things that consumers like actually. The fact that we are very focused on commercial industrial because they know that they'll get the level of service that we need, that they need. That's right. Uh, so I'm guessing in the early days, your on ground for maintaining a running project, maybe on ground staff would be doing say 80%, 20% would be head office then with IoT and uh, all of these things that ratio must have changed. Uh, tell me about that. Like, you know, how much of on-ground work have you been able to shift to a central quarter by using IoT and smart devices? What are some of those innovations in 
IoT and smart devices to help you do the tenant set operations. It, it's I would I would even expand it and say digitalization, right? Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of work uh, which happens at sites. The the work being done at sites is automatically updated uh, uh, into our ERP in the head office. Uh, similarly, similarly, we have uh, in the network operating center that Kushaga mentioned earlier, we have uh, a place where IoT based data is coming from all the sites across the country. Um, to a single location, it's going on the cloud. Uh, there is a portal in which we have a lot of customized uh, interfaces through which we monitor. So, for example, I mentioned clusters, right? Each of the clusters is given a particular color. All the colors. So, there's a, there are heat maps with respect to all the respective inverters and operating at particular site. And that matrix is continuously being looked at in a in a slideshow by people who are focused on those clusters. So, anything that goes goes wrong or off, they're able to detect it in a much shorter amount of time. So you uh, earlier, it used to take uh, much longer in the last uh, uh, portal that we had implemented, and you know now we we have a very very close grip on the performance of the plants on any on any given basis of time on on any in any given period of time. Uh, one thing that happens is one of the things that has changed fundamentally is, uh, for example, uh, if there is an issue uh, with uh, cleaning, or if we uh, you know we have subcontractors doing the cleaning under the supervision of our cluster managers or site managers, right? So, uh, once uh, there is a cleaning, we know the cleaning has happened or not because we know the bump up in energy generation, right? And so, so the, 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 the work on IoT compiling data and all the analytics, data analytics that happens in your office is very closely linked and has a close feedback loop with what is happening at the ground, right? On a, and it's on a continuous basis and it's in asset management, it's in project management. Uh, all of these things are very, very closely interlinked and so, uh, that digitalization has definitely driven a lot of uh, efficiencies in the country, and it continues to drive it on, uh, on an ongoing basis. Uh, the IoT devices essentially give you energy values, like how much energy is generated from a lot from how much energy is stored in an inverter, how much is passing through. That, that's the core data which you are getting and then uh, building on top of that. Like yes, but at a very granular level, and there is also more data. So energy is one part of it. Energy comes from current inverter readings, right? But it comes from uh, from at the uh, comes uh, to us from the inverter level, and at any site we can have 30, 40, 100 inverters installed, and so that data is coming at the inverter level, and it's on a per phase basis, right? Each of the the three phases which are there, it's coming from a per phase basis. Not just that, we have weather data. Uh, we have our own MET stations installed at most of these sites. Uh, they can be uh, relatively smaller or uh, very elaborate. There are sites where we have put up very elaborate uh, stations also. What, so all of what is the Meteorological data. It's for it's for measuring uh, the level of sunshine, the level of sunshine, ambient temperature, even solar panel temperature. Uh, what is happening inside the inverters? All of this data is continuously flowing from these thousands and thousands of data points to our head office, and we are uh, keeping an eye on all of this data. Right. So then, uh, then we also have a, a third party data coming in from an external agency. Where we continuously on a on a last day basis, uh, uh, what happened till yesterday? We come we we check what our instruments on site are providing, and what this third party source is providing based on uh, satellite based sim simulations and uh, uh, benchmark ourselves as to whether the data we are getting is the right data, and then based on data, are we getting the right generation or not? Right. So it's a it's a very very continuous, very close uh, uh, monitoring type of thing, and this has become possible in the last few years. 
so you know uh, you've had more than a, a decade of experience as entrepreneurs and oh yeah I, before i come to this question i, I wanted to understand your uh, funding now initially you bootstrapped it uh, ha- has it been bootstrapped so far or have you also like gone and raised no no so, so we bootstrapped it for uh, first uh, almost eight odd years then in uh, 2018 we raised our first round of capital Uh, from a fund which was backed by uh, State Bank of India and the UK government, and then we gave them an exit uh, last year and brought a strategic investor in. Uh, so, so uh, we have a strategic now. On our own. Yeah, but but subsequently, you plan to raise equity or you largely go through debt? Like, uh, so we are doing mix of debt and equity. So equity, mm-hmm. so debt we raise at uh, the project level, but at the platform mm-hmm. level, uh, we want to raise. It. So we are on that. Okay. Okay. So uh, you've both been uh, founders for a decade plus now. Uh, what is your advice to young aspiring founders? So, so entrepreneurship is definitely hard, right? Uh, we have seen on both sides. We have worked in good companies uh, uh, in the past, helped scale up businesses in the past as well, and then been doing it for last decade plus uh, on our own. Entrepreneurship is surely hard. mentally physically right is exhausting but at the same time it's very gratifying as well so and you should see it as from a long term perspective not from a short term perspective right and you have to be all in uh, so there have been instances with i and others left with almost i think collectively less than 10000 rupees uh, and that the next day was a payday they calling your customers right and your vendors to get some space but we have seen that right and uh, we have uh, so now here we are so but at the same time uh, uh, we have crossed that threshold so but it is also rewarding at the same time uh, again both mentally and physically so uh, uh, you have to be uh, all in but uh, it is something which is gratifying that you're creating so many jobs creating a platform right you're bringing a whole ecosystem together and this is the industry we are very passionate about right and uh, we uh, love relationship uh, building we love uh, platform building right we understand how things operate on scale uh, we uh, understand how team building can happen right people uh, management part of it. so if you are all all in right i think our recommendation is going and uh, but going from a long term perspective not from a short term yeah your your motivation has to be right why are you doing it if uh, uh, somebody thinks that it's a uh quick paths to big riches uh, uh, that's not the way it works at least for the majority of our entrepreneurs there are a lot of uh, uh, a lot of good people we know who didn't succeed in spite of the best efforts and the best qualifications and everything um there you know uh, and, and so the the risk of uh, the your your company your entrepreneurial venture not succeeding is always high uh, you have to be very flexible you have to uh, Uh, your motivation cannot be only money you know you have to love what you do also the content of what you do you have to be completely uh, committed to the idea and the thing to realize is that you cannot build a company overnight building a company uh, building a team building a set of processes uh, uh, building a set of like a client base or fo- followership up on client all of this doesn't happen over a period over a, over a, overnight it takes years and years so if you really committed to the thought process the business uh then then it's a different approach and then the whole uh the then the uh, the that venture based uh, 
that venture-based uh, uh, quick growth uh, type of thing is, is a slightly different approach. So uh, you have to make a choice. Are, are you there to build a business or are you there to make a lot of money? And those two work in very, very different ways with a different set of motivations. And that brings us to the end of this conversation. I want to ask you for a favor now. Did you like listening to the show? I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Do you have your own startup ideas? I'd love to hear them. Do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in the show? I'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests. Write to me at ad at the podium dot in. That's ad at t h e p o d i u m dot in.